Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. My name is Paul LeFevre. I'm here with my Ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn, and today is Friday, the 16th of December, 2022. We're winding down the year, and as we're doing that, I think uh, we finally come to a topic I've been bugging Mike about for a while that I'm not really good at, and I'm hoping that uh, I can get a little bit more smart on, and that is, uh, what is that today, Mike? Well, we we talk about a lot of things, um, but I guess the theme... Uh, that Pine, the Pinelander tries to stay uh, loyal to is freedom. And I think a big part of that is economic freedom, mm. uh, economic sovereignty. So we're going to try to talk about that because I, um, I think that has affected a lot of people recently. That's an interesting concept, economic sovereignty. I like this. Well, I, I tell you why I, I use that term. Um, First of all, let's go, to, let's go to a definition. I think that'll help us. So I define economic sovereignty as being economically sovereign uh, means being able to support yourself, your family, your community in a self-reliant, self-sufficient, and self-sustaining way without infringing on the freedoms and resources of others. So in a nutshell, it's being able to do what you want, when you want, free from economic coercion and or hardship. Wow. Now, I think we can all stand uh, to have that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, I used to get, I used to get some pushback sometimes when I would talk about the fact that, um, you know, a lot of people like slavery and people be like, what, what are you talking about, Mike? I'm like, yeah, listen, we, if you don't think you're a slave, then you're, I don't think you're accurately assessing your life. Um, debt is slavery. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we saw that really play out during COVID and, and the COVID vaccine um, fiasco, you know, fraud, if you will. But I had my son call me, for instance, and he was like, Dad, what am I going to do? You know, um, where I work is, you know, asking us to get vaccinated. And I was like, dude, don't do it. So I had to sit there and scramble and find some friends that were willing to employ him because he thought he was going to lose his job over uh, an experimental gene therapy. Mm. Now, you have to ask yourself this. If they can coerce you into uh, injecting a substance into your body that you don't want, are you free? The answer is not. You're, you're not. You're like you're like a you're like cattle. You know, you're like a sheep or something. So, um, and I, you know, that's just one example. But my my point is, um, freedom is really the ability to throw up your middle finger at somebody and go walk. <laughs> and that's really what you have to do. So, you know, 
I understand uh, mortgages. I understand car payments. I understand bills. I understand uh, kids and all the things that that we like to provide as men for our families. But uh, we have to be very careful because we also don't want to lose our sovereignty, our freedom, our ability to make decisions uh, based off of debt. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's very American of you to say that. We don't like to. We don't like big government. We don't like big government uh, telling us how to live. I think uh, I would uh, go off on a limb and say that everyone that is probably listening to this uh, longer than a few minutes also values that. They value being able to make their own moves with their money and save it up and do what they, you know, follow their American dreams. And So I think uh, now somebody that has uh, made a lot of mistakes with money I have big ears here. They're 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 uh, they're, they're wide open. Uh, I have had to uh, consolidate our debt uh, onto certain programs, and uh, and I've been frivolous with money. So I think uh, any type of discussion like this, I think, is going to help somebody. And uh, you know, I'm 50, so I think, gosh, if you're out there and you're 20, you're 30, I think, uh, and this would probably be very useful for you. It's always good to all. Uh, to revisit these types of uh, important uh, truths about finances and stuff like that. And I think this last thing I just want to say before I want to just get out of the way is uh, we've been talking about this for a while. You know, we take about yeah. talk about faith, uh, family, firearms, and finances, and so Food now we're <laughs> everything yeah. else. So now, uh, you know, now that we've been at this for about a year, we're finally going to get into it. Well, the other, oh, the other, yeah, the other thing I think is important is uh, neither Paul nor I are financial experts. Mm. Um, it's a, uh, nor am I a biblical expert. Um, yeah, neither am I. Yeah. So I'm a student. I think Paul and I are students at everything. Yeah. So this is just one more topic that that uh, Paul and I you know spend time on because it's it's something that we know is important, um, and we're certainly not trying to. Um, you know, put off that, you know, we, we have the answers to everything here. And, you know, if you just do the Paul and Mike program, you're good. There's yeah. a lot of smart people out there that I listen to. Uh, Dave Ramsey's one of them. Yeah. Um, and, and, of course, he's not the only guy out there. There's a lot of folks out there that uh, I take the time in. You know, I put the time in to listen to because you can always get smarter from people that are smarter than you. And because I don't have the answers – um, I love to listen to people like Dave and, 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 and various other people because, you know, you're always just grabbing those nuggets. And anytime um, you can get smart off of somebody else that's already, you know, gone through the pain and figured things out, then that saves you having to go through that. I mean, that's my, uh, I say this all the time, but I think that's just a really good expression is you go to school and others. Yeah. Right. So uh, the most, uh, I guess, demonstrative way of learning is to recall the catastrophes of others. Some people, in a way, just kind of, they exist to teach other people what not to do. And so I think, yeah, it's really important to, you're the wise man. You know, they say that uh, fools only learn from experience, and the wise, they learn from the experience of fools. So I think, yeah, and when you apply this to finance, I think that uh, we can all stand to be a lot wiser. I know that I, I need to. Yeah, so you know, again, we're just uh, again. I look at I look at other people and I go, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, what really got me interested in this um, was when I got married. Mm. So I'm in my mid twenties. Um, 
And I'm like, man, I, I got to get serious. You know, I, I didn't make a lot of money. Uh, I was a poor GI. Um, and anybody that served in the um, any type of blue-collar job, whether it be driving a truck or, or serving, you know, as a school teacher, uh, being a soldier, you know, that's, I've, I've got a lifetime full of low-paying blue-collar jobs. So um, becoming – you know, filthy rich, becoming Jeff Bezos or something like that was, you know, that's not my plan. You know, my plan is this is what I make and I got to figure out how to do the best that I can with it. Uh, And so what I learned um, early on was it had nothing to do with how much money you make. Uh, And I think a lot of us um, think that's the answer. If I just made more money, if I just had a better job, um, and I think you need to lose that um, train of thought quick if you want to be successful with money. Mm. What you need to realize is it's got nothing to do with how much you make. It has to do with what you do with what you have. And very wealthy people, I remember looking on, uh, I can't remember if it was Oprah Winfrey or some one of these daytime you know, shows had – uh, had a, a show one time that was these people that had made nothing. I mean, like janitors and uh, very low income type people, but they were they were millionaires. And uh, she had them on the show, and I was looking at them, and I was like, "Wow, you know, how did these people become millionaires off of you know they make less money than I do?" And they had families and everything else. So I figured out real quick it had nothing to do with how much you make; it had to do with what you did with what you got. It had to do with how little you spent. Mm. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, I know nothing about finances. Uh, I mean, you can ask my wife, but um, but yeah, what I'm hearing is margin. You know, margin making yeah, margin kind of, you know, looking at the big picture and discipline. Now, this is something we've been looking at. I mean, one of the one of my favorite concepts that I've grasped onto this year is a disciplined pursuit of less. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Is a disciplined pursuit of less. So you have this is something we talked about is not so much time. It's my, you know, my brain went there, of course, in one of the podcasts we did earlier this year. But, but finances, a disciplined pursuit of less. And, and uh, you know, you spend your time wisely, you spend your money wisely, and you can apply, apply that same uh, mindset to that. That was a big aha moment for me. Well, in America, too, um, you know, we are a very wealthy country. Um, we are a capitalist, consumer-driven uh, type of economy. So you're bombarded, um, you know, every day. Praise all, the Lord for that. All of us. Well, yeah, but, I mean, the other part of that is, too, you have to understand that um, we think the latest gadget, you know, is important. And, you know, I can look back on, I've, you know, I've been married over 30 years, but I can look back on my, my relationship with my wife. And I, I can honestly tell you, I think some of the happiest times that we've had together were, was, were the times when we had nothing. And I think a lot of um, marriages and a lot of relationships probably would say the same thing. And, I think we look at, you know, new cars and new houses and, you know, the latest uh, iPhone and, and, you know, and on and on and on. These things, 
you know, Keep I'm up having, with the Joneses. Well, yeah. well, I'm having a yard sale tomorrow, okay? Because my <laughs> wife and I finally decided to tear into the attics and and all those places where we've just kind of stuffed stuff that we've accumulated over 30 years of marriage. And, and what I've figured out is um, every time I get rid of something that's in my house, I'm happier. And it's really just kind of like a process of kind of getting back to the basics and kind of remembering um, what's important. And I think this has a lot to do with that because if you think that next little gadget or going to the mall and buying that uh, next thing, I, you know, that there's no happiness there. And I've seen extremely wealthy people that make a hell of a lot more money than I do are miserable. Yeah. So, right. so wealth is not happiness. Um, wealth is, wealth is awesome. Now make no mistake. I mean, it's nice to be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it. That's wealth. But, um, there's some scripture that comes to mind and, uh, you know, yeah, I, I wrote some, let's, let's look over. That's some awesome. That. Um, you have to keep money in its proper perspective, but, uh, you know, Ecclesiastes five ten, right? Whoever, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. And that's truth. So you have to put money in its perspective. It's uh, something we need. You know, it helps us get, get along and, and gets, gets, uh, provide for our families. But uh, you don't want to end up having a love of money. Because then you lose, you know, and, and there's lots of people that do that. Um, and money can become a full-time job, just managing money. If you want to have money, that's fine. There's people that, that have money, but they will tell you that um, it's a lot of work Yeah, because you got to put that stuff someplace. It's got to go somewhere. It's, it's not just something that you know gets stuffed under the mattress. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to go through some, some things that I had to do when I was in my 20s um, because I had no money and I had, I had a wife and I had kids. Um, and so we had to figure out real quick, sort of how to manage fi- our finances, how to manage money. And, uh, so there were some things that I went through, but first I want to talk about kind of like what, what is money? Uh, so money, uh, the definition is it's a commodity, uh, that's accepted as a medium of economic exchange. It has a price and value assigned that is expressed as currency as it circulates anonymously from person to person, thus facilitating trade, and is also a measure of wealth. So uh, it's not just dollar bills, okay? I think that's people need to understand that Federal Reserve notes uh, are money, okay, but it's not the only form of money. And I think that's important for people to kind of to realize that there's other forms of money in that um, that's just simply a commodity that we utilize in this, in this, uh, in this country. Today we've got you know cryptocurrency, right? Um, you've got you know gold and silver bullion. Um, you've got any all kinds of other sort of barter type items that you can use. Uh, time, money, time is money. Time is money. So um, you know if, if my neighbor needs something and I go over there and I you know work hard for him and you're like, hey, uh, you know what do I owe you? Uh, you don't owe me anything. You know, I'll call on you when I need something. You know, you can return the favor. That's time. I gave him some yeah. time. He's going to promise me some time in the future. Yeah. So money can be a lot of different things, and uh, it all has to be managed. Absolutely. 
I mean, I think that's one of my favorite expressions is time is money. I value time. Uh, but yeah, that's also important too, to just uh, to think of not just, you know, your bankroll, right. you know, look beyond that a little bit. And um, it's something I'd be trying to become smarter on lately is, you know, stocks, you know, uh, you know, whatever, it kind of, ex- kind of widens the aperture here a little bit. That's good. Yeah, and, and of course, um, I'm not a big uh, crypto uh, guy, uh, but I understand there's a lot of advantages to crypto. I'm not I'm not poo pooing on crypto. Um, you know, maybe it's my generation, but uh, I'm just a little scary of something yeah, that's that's digits. You know, yeah. I like to kind of uh, I like to put my fingers on it. Yeah, I'm with you. But uh, the huge benefits of crypto are the fact that, um, you know, there's no banking institutions. Uh, you know, we're not going through government. I mean, this is, you're able to do transactions freely. So I understand the, when you're talking about sovereignty and economic sovereignty, listen, crypto is, you know, uh, certainly an awesome form of exchange. Yeah. And a lot of people are enjoying it. Now, of course, we have to be careful because, uh, like anything, you know, we, you know, it can go to crap like FTX, you know, we've seen that. So, you know, what's this thing backed up with, you know, is it real? Um, you know, there's certain things that money has to be, you know, it has to be durable, portable, uniform, limited, acceptable, divisible, and uh, fungible, which means interchangeable. Hmm. So, you know, these are the things that, uh, you know, the qualities of money. And, uh, you know, so be careful. And we're kind of learning that now with the crypto, uh, with the collapse of FTX and some of these other cryptos, that not all cryptos are created equal. Mm. Yeah, well said. I think, uh, yeah, I definitely, um, you know, I would, lo- would want to learn a lot more about that before I, I dabble in it. But uh, that definitely is uh, good food for thought. Well, people are looking for other forms of money because, uh, we've watched our own, um, you know, U.S. dollar, if you will, um, go down in value significantly. So uh, people are concerned with that. So people are trying to diversify a little bit and uh, find other things to get invested in, um, you know, precious metals, land, you know, things that uh, have maintained a store of wealth, if you will, over time. Land. Land, land Absolutely. is you know. Listen, Glad land. You mentioned that you can't. You know, it's not going away. Um, yeah. If you get land, um, you can make money with land. Yeah, and it's real, and uh, and it's a, a limited right. That's one of the things we talk about. Money it has to be limited. Is it durable? Is it divisible? Um, it's it's not portable. Okay, but it is a form of wealth. It's a it's a time tested form of wealth. Is land. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, that's one thing that I, that most anyone with a brain would say is land doesn't, normally doesn't lose its value. And uh, from what I've seen, uh, it usually goes up in value. Depends on some other circumstances, but normally if you buy it, like I bought my land, and, uh, you know, it's actually uh, worth probably twice as much now as the year I bought it. So I think uh, well, just I, that alone, it's just just going to sit there. Yeah. Well, I would offer. I would tell you um, that might not be the case. Really. I would tell you that uh, what's probably happened is 
uh, it's taking twice as much uh, Federal Reserve notes to purchase the same land. Um, so that's just way, one way to look at it. You've been able to maintain wealth with your land, and now it's costing somebody twice as much Federal Reserve notes to get the same value. Hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are looking at crypto and a lot of the things, because they're worried about losing value in dollars, because the dollars are losing value. Um, now, right now, dollars aren't doing too bad, and there's a reason for that. Hey, so Mike, let me just yeah. ask a dumb question here. So uh, I'm a 20-something-year-old guy. I'm listening to this podcast, and I live paycheck to paycheck, and I you know, use uh, quite a lot of it on weekends. Why would I really care about what you're saying right now? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to tell you why, because... Um, I went there. It's well. It's yeah, and it's good. It's, it's freedom. I mean, it's it's the, you know what's the topic of the of the program? Yeah. Um, you don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. I'm not rich. Yeah. Okay. Paycheck and, to paycheck and, is and bad. Paul, you know, you and I have known each other for a long, long time, and you know, I'm not rich. We're gonna okay? keep, keep our day jobs. Yeah. Listen, we work. Okay, <laughs> we're working stiff, blue collar type people. But here's yeah. the deal. Um, I can I can tell you that if and you're the same way. If you feel like hopping on an airplane, which you recently did, yeah, and traveling to Chile, yeah, okay, and I'm talking about the country, yeah, okay, Chile, Chile, right, Santiago, <laughs> Chile. Um, if you feel like doing that and taking the wife and uh, calling it uh, also an anniversary, yeah, uh, you're going to just go do it, yeah. Uh, if my wife and I want to, yeah, and if my wife and I want to go down to the beach, which we love doing, okay, and spending a weekend down there. Uh, for her birthday and taking the kids and just making a little vacation, you know, we don't, we just go do it. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. And, and again, I mean, we're not talking about getting rich. And I think we're I, talking about yeah. wealth. And to yeah. me, being wealthy means being able to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Yeah. And I think uh, I'm only about a half of, of the way that I'd like to be. As far as far as uh, far as financially secure and, and independent and all that stuff, so yeah, but yeah, so I'm I'm listening. So, um, like I said, I was uh, didn't have a dime to my name when I married my wife. Uh, why she married me, I've got no idea, but uh, uh, she did. She's and, like my uh, wife and has a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew um, I didn't know enough to know that um, I had somebody now depending on me a little bit. Uh, so I figured I better get serious. Uh, so there's some things that I did. Um, and there's no right way to do it, but it can be kind of daunting. Mm. Uh, you know, where do you, where do you start? And, and that's where a lot of um, podcasts, radio shows, and what have you, um, I read books. That's where a lot of this stuff sort of kind of came into play. Um because I, I took heed in, in, in what they were saying. And the first thing I did was, um, was outline my dreams. Mm. And I just took a piece of paper and, you know, it takes about an hour, um, you know, find a quiet place where you won't be interrupted because this is kind of serious, but you really need to sit down and you need to write down, um, what your dreams are, you know, where you want to go. Uh, no matter what they cost, no matter how ridiculous they may seem, 
uh, assume you have unlimited time, money, ability, self-confidence, and support. Man, I love that. Not having any, no, no hindrances at all. No, no roadblocks. Yeah. Just write down, you know, where do you, where do you want to go? Because that is so important. Mm. Um, and you need to be able to do that. I think that's also, I think it's very American. Yeah, I agree. I will also say that uh, it's very philosophical of you to say that. And, uh, you know, I should be turned off by the word philosophy and helps philosophy helps us to think on a deeper level and organize our thoughts. And I mean, you have a philosophy of finances here, a philosophy of whatever. And I think uh, just taking the time to, to have the primacy of the intellect and let your mind work, uh, just take, you know, take some margin for some time and, and just uh, word salad, if you will, ideas on a white piece of paper. I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's time well spent. It can be. Well, see, now I was married. Yeah. Wow. So what I found out also was by having this conversation with my wife and asking my wife what her dreams were, I found out that we had a couple of different ideas. Uh, and that was important um, because there had to be a little give and take. That's important. You say this too, if I can, uh, okay, from a counselor perspective, um, Having in the past, I've been privileged to do premarital counseling and help people along. That's one of the things that comes up when you when you sit down a couple and you talk about, okay, how many kids you want to have? What is the finances going to look like? And you can start to see some some stuff come out and uh, that maybe people aren't ready for. That's a, that's a good conversation to have. Well, here's another part. A lot part. of people don't have that, and they later on, they don't have counseling. Later on, they have problems. Well, there was a couple things that we ran into uh, from my own situation was um, who's controlling the money. Yes. Um, so at first, it was, you know, my wife has her money. I have my money. I'm responsible for this. She's responsible for that. Uh, it didn't take too long for us to kind of figure out if we kind of pool things together, you know, we can do more. Um, It gives us a little more uh, wiggle room. But now, okay, who's controlling that? And sometimes it has to do with kind of like the job. You know, um, if you're in the military like I was and deployed a lot, you know, it might not be practical, okay? Um, And in a lot of households, the wife manages that. Now, in my situation, uh, I managed the, the money. Um, and only because I think my wife didn't want to get bothered with it. Hey, you, know, she, yeah. you know, she's just, you know, she wants to focus on some other things. But yeah. my point is, you know, you have to have that conversation because someone's going to need to be doing that. Yeah. If you, what doesn't work a lot of times is if two people are kind of pulling, or pulling from the pot. Sometimes the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Yeah, and you can run into some issues. So really, someone kind of needs to. Uh, that doesn't mean when I'm not sharing information, um, because you know I think your partner needs to know kind of like where things are at. Um, but someone needs to be managing it. Okay? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Now our situation is a little different. My wife has managed the finances for 27 years, and she does a very good job. That's why she does it. Right. She's uh, she's smarter with the money than I am. And, and well, but, money, the other yeah. thing too is if, you know, it, it really has to do with emotions too. 
um, money, spending you, money is kind of emotional. Thing. Sometimes yeah. you gotta be like, you know, the ice man. Yeah. Um, when it comes to money, because, yeah. um, that's a real stressor for some people. Absolutely. Uh, I immediately thought of stock <laughs> when I started to do that. Yeah. It's yeah. Very, you don't want to be emotional with that, but, but one thing that hit home there is you don't want to compete with it. And the left hand needs to be talking to the right. And I think it's a really important that one member of that married couple is the one that does the finances, whoever that, that's going to be. Yeah. And, and they're the ones that I would hope would be smarter with it and, and a little, a little more icy with the use of the money. And, and uh, because all the problems we've had in the past with money is because we've double dipped and I, the left hand had talked to the right. And then we've had some kind of problem. And, and, and of course, expectation management. Yeah. I mean, um, all those, the other thing too, is you, if you're the, if you're the, the half, okay. Of the, of the team that isn't managing the money. Okay. Let's say your spouse is, is handling the, the checkbook, so to speak. You know, you don't want to get into this sort of toddler role where you're constantly whining about what you need and what you, yeah. what you want. Um, because that really puts burden on that person that's managing the money. And, um, you know, you just need to be honest, communicate, and say, hey, this is, this is kind of what we have here. You know, we've got all our bills paid off. This is what's left over. And then there needs to be, you know, a conversation about how that's spent. And it shouldn't get, never get into a, you know, a competition of, you know, I'm getting it, not you. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things to kind of work out on that. But but uh, the bottom line is the dreams are very important uh, because it, it kind of sets at least a, a, a course uh, on where you're going. I think and I, I and you really, have to have that. Yeah, I love that because – if you were like me and in your twenties, you just you you worked for the weekend, right? Yeah. And you you uh, normally blew your money on those weekends, but this is helping you look further afield, mm-hmm. look uh, with kind of a, a bigger, higher altitude view about things, and I think this is you know thinking maturely, thinking like an adult, being an adult with your money. I think this is really important. A lot of people don't do it. Well, I certainly didn't when I was young. Yeah, um, I couldn't and, do it. And like I said, yeah. once I got married, it was kind of like you know, time to uh, act like a grown up. Absolutely. I so didn't. that was part of that process. Yeah. Um, the next thing um, that I did, and this was from something that I had uh, learned uh, from people way smarter than me, was to immediately increase my take home pay. Now you're thinking, how how did you do that? Well, um, here here's the deal. I am thinking that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. here's the deal. If you get a tax return, um, you're probably wrong. So think about that. Let's say you get a twelve hundred dollar tax return every year. Now you'll talk to people, and they're they're just so excited about that tax return. Okay. Um, that's like it's like a windfall. They just look forward to it. It's already spent before they get it. But I want you to remember what a tax return is. It's the fact that you've overpaid the government mm-hmm. for an entire year. And you're finally getting your money back. No interest. No thank you letter. Nothing. You're just getting your money back at the end of a year. And you're excited about it. 
if that was a great deal, no, <laughs> then you could do that with me right now. So yeah. if you if you like a tax return, let's just go ahead and double it. Let's just say you get a twelve hundred dollar tax return and you're just very excited about it. Well, what if what if you could make it twenty four hundred? So what you do, I want you to give me a hundred dollars a month out of your paycheck, and at the end of the year, I'm going to give you it. I'm going to give it back to you. Does that excite you? No, you think, Mike, you're crazy. I'm not giving you a damn dime. Well, that's what you're doing every month with the with with Uncle Sugar. Mm. Um, so you need to. What we need to do is, and, and it's exactly what I did, is I, I spent about thirty minutes, and I redid my W four, okay, mm. which was you know how much money are they taking out of my paycheck? Because I was getting a tax return, okay, and I so the you know, first thing is you want to you want to come out even, Stephen. Now you don't want to have to owe at the end of the year either. Okay, I'm not. I'm not looking for any surprises. I thought you were going to talk about quarterly taxes. Well, I mean, if it's if you're self-employed and you're paying quarterly, then mm-hmm. same thing applies. That makes sense. Um, but what you want to do is you, you want to come out even, Stephen, when you're filing your 1040. Okay, you don't. I don't want any money. I just want to be like, yep, I'm good. Okay, because if if I can get that right, that's an extra hundred dollars a month. Now, if I told a family, a young family that you were getting an extra hundred dollars a month, that'd probably make a big difference. Yeah. Now I'm just using that as an example. I'm not sure what your tax return is, but you know, you can take and divide it by twelve months and figure out whatever it is you're overpaying. I don't okay. usually get a tax return. I don't either, because yeah. I've got this worked out, but um because I, I I can I, tell I you most people money do to the uh, government. Yeah. Yeah. But I can tell you most <laughs> well, I, you know, we're gonna get on that too now, okay? <laughs> but the first thing is um, adjust your W-4 and get rid of your tax return. Go ahead and get your money now. Okay, so uh, don't wait till the end of the year. If you're if 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 you're waiting till the end of the year to get a tax return, give you give yourself your your money now every month. Okay, so that's the first thing that 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 we do. Um, the other thing too is most people don't know how to fill out a W-4. Um, we think we we count up dependents. We put that number in the W-4, and that's what we think it is. So we go, okay, one for us. Uh, you know, I'm married, so that's two. Uh, I've got a kid, so that's three. You know, you write in three, and then you submit it. Well, that's not that's not what uh, a W-4 does. Uh, generally, each allowance, it's not dependence that what you're putting on a W-4. It's, it's called allowances. And generally speaking, each allowance is, is worth approximately $4,000. Which means we're, what we're doing is we're telling the IRS that um, that's four thousand dollars that I make that you're not going to tax. That's what an allowance is. So if you need claim, if you need help with the W four, that's fine. It's a worksheet. Uh, get with somebody that's very smart on it. But uh, if you've done, if you've you know filed the ten forty for a few years, you probably kind of know what your uh, mm. what your income tax your tax situation is and what you get back and you can probably adjust it pretty easy now for me uh just to kind of get you excited and kind of let you know where uh, where i'm going with this is i used to put a nine on my w-4 i used to have nine allowances that didn't mean i had a bunch of kids but uh, what that means is um 
that's the highest number you can put on a W-4 without having some, some kind of justification and writing a letter. Now, I didn't want to write a letter to the IRS because I just had other things to do. But I did put nine, which meant they weren't taking very much money out of my, out of my paycheck. Uh, and I still wasn't paying money at the end of the year. I was still getting money back even at the end of the year. Um, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. But you, you can, you can, to understand taxes, um, it's the biggest expense you'll ever have in a lifetime. If you buy a car, um, if you buy a house, if you put a couple kids through college, you're still not going to come anywhere near the amount of money that you're going to pay in taxes. So until you get a handle on your uh, tax life, you're really not going to um, you're really going to have a hard time accumulating any wealth in this country. I think uh, I might have just realized the nature of my problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you know the, the 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 tax code is you know it's so complicated. Nothing taxes. Well. Listen, I'm, there's IRS agents, uh, auditors. A lot more of them now. Too. There is a bunch more. <laughs> yeah. They're going to uh, get their pound of flesh. Man. And here's the deal. A lot of them don't even understand the tax code. Mm. It's that complicated. So um, the tax code is written for businesses. It's, it's written for people that own businesses. Um, you and I as employees, you know, we don't have lobbyists up in Washington, D.C., Okay, they're not writing the tax code for us. They could care less about us. Um, so it, as soon as you realize that the tax code is written for people that are entrepreneurs and for people that, that actually make payroll and pay other people and, and operate businesses, uh, you'll never get ahead. Um, you know, they call it being a wage slave for a reason. Okay, <laughs> the money comes from employees not employers, okay? So that's the first thing you have to understand about the tax code. Yeah, so you have, so what's way, what, what is one way we can get smart about these tax codes? I mean, because I'm hearing this, you have like a resource or where I could go to kind of, uh, well, obviously gonna, you've done a little bit of thinking about this. Are you going to give us that too? Well, so um, this is- you're saying this you're is, getting smart on tax, I'm like- Well, this is another I, strategy. Okay. Okay. Um, now, um, I'm a weird guy. I like yard work. Okay, there's a lot of people that don't like yard work. I like yard work. It's okay. very relaxing. I, it, to me, it's one that you know. I get out of the house. I can. I can de-stress. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, instead of, and I don't like to walk, and I don't like to push things. So if, you know, I have a riding mower. Okay, um, but those cost money because you're good with your taxes. Well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it. <laughs> I have uh, a push mower. Well, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I I have a couple push mowers as well, but I have you know. You, but you need a, a an edger. I'm seeing a, a trend here. Well, you need an edger. You need a trimmer. Yeah. Um, you know, you need a lot of equipment. That's true. Rakes uh, to do your yard. It takes a lot of equipment. Um, my 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 strategy on that was I just started a yard a yard business. I know that. Yeah. And that was like one of the very first businesses I had when I was a young married guy. Uh, I needed all this equipment, and I wanted to make um, doing my yard as painless as possible, but I also wanted to write it all off. 
And I did. I wrote all of it off. So my ride more, I wrote off. Um, you know, the, the weed eater, everything got written off. The fuel for it, the maintenance for it, all of it gets written off my taxes because now it's a business. Now I had to, I had to show a profit, um, but I had no problem, you know, doing my neighbor's yards for money. Okay, that was no problem. It's like, hey, dude, uh, you know, what are you paying a guy to do your yard? You know, he tells me whatever it is. You know, I cut him a little deal. And while I'm mowing my grass, I mow his grass. Okay. But the ability to, but by doing that, now I'm a business owner. And I get to take advantage of all of the tax laws that benefit business owners. And that's really where you have to kind of get into. So, um, I'll give you another story. I was overseas with a guy and, uh, uh, he's, he's like, he's a, he's a fishing fanatic. Okay. He's got the big truck. He's got the big boat. Uh, he's got all the gear, you know, the rods, the tackle. He spends thousands and thousands of damn dollars fishing. Okay. Because he loves fishing. Um, but I just told him, I said, dude, I said, uh, why don't you just turn that into a business and write all that off? Take it, you know, he's already taking people out. You know, dude, mm-hmm. take somebody out, show them how to fish. They'll pay you money for it. I mean, this guy, this guy does tournaments. I mean, this guy's like a, a no kidding, like a really, you know, he's he's a good fisherman. Well, my point is, a lot of us have hobbies and we have things that we enjoy doing uh, that we spend a lot of money on. And what you really need to do is you need to turn that hobby into a business mm-hmm. and take advantage of being in America. Okay. Um, take people out, show them how to, how to, uh, uh, fish for bass professionally. Okay. Tell them how it's done, make some money, but you get to write off everything, the boat, the whole nine yards. And that's the gold mine. The gold mine is being a business. And in America, that's what we're supposed to be doing anyway. We're supposed to be, um, you know, it's a land of opportunity. Take advantage of the opportunity. So in this country, um, generally speaking, rich uh, people ra- uh, rear rich kids. Middle-class parents rear middle-class kids. And poor parents rear poor children. So really it's just a matter of coming out of your um, the class structure mm-hmm. that you're in and understanding a higher class structure. I was trying to learn... Uh, things and still am on what like someone like Donald Trump is teaching Barron. And that's what you need to understand. So, you know, everyone's like, you know, wants to get, you know, Donald's Trump tax return. Well, I, I pretty much know what Donald Trump's tax returns are like because he's a smart businessman. He's taking advantage of every uh, tax law that there is, mm-hmm. which is what he ought to be doing, just like every other rich guy does. Okay. Uh, and I want to so, know, and I want to know what Barron's being taught. Yeah, it's just another. What I'm hearing is a is another way of thinking. I mean, this is like a Copernican revolution of the way you think it is. about finances. I mean, uh, I think I'm, you know, the the worker, the maybe the blue class guy, the blue collar guy, and I've I've learned, you know, that way. That's why that's how I apply. I look at finances a certain way. I look at things that way. So yeah, I think. Uh, well, it's very important. I mean, especially listen, the mind, mindset yeah. listen, uh, adjustment. I, my parents didn't didn't pass any of this on to me. You know, I, like I, I started out, like, I mean, I've read books. 
I listen to Dave Ramsey. You know, I listen to people, uh, a lot of financial type uh, programs. You got to educate yourself. I'll be honest with you. There's things that they ought to teach in school that they don't. One of them is how to manage money, um, how to have a successful relationship. I mean, how to raise how to raise uh, successful children. I mean, these are the things that they really ought to be teaching in school that they don't. So unfortunately, you know, this is when you exercise the, you know, you, you, you whip out the library card, right? Or you, you go to your smartphone and you, and you listen to a smart podcast and you got to get yourself educated uh, because this is freedom. And when you, get, when you get control of your finances and you get out of debt, that's freedom. It's true freedom that most of us have never experienced. And it is a completely different state of mind and it's a really good feeling when you have options in life and you have options in life when you don't owe anybody anything that is a freedom i think uh it's exhilarating so another thing um that i did um was cut um costs that's what you have to do you have to start learning how to cut your costs okay i think i'll be a little more switched on with this yeah and so Number one, give yourself a pay raise because everybody can use some more money right now. So we talked about that with adjusting your W-4 if you can do that. Okay, if you're getting a tax return, get rid of it. Get it every month. Don't wait for the end of the year. The next thing we need to do is cut uh, borrowing costs. So we probably have credit cards, um, what have you. Shop around. It's a competitive market. Uh, some of these credit cards have deals where if you transfer your balance, you know, you get, let's just say, 12 months, 24 months interest-free. Oh, hey, that's awesome, especially today where we see the interest rates uh, climbing steadily. Um, take advantage of some of these cards and so shop cr- around. So, yeah, credit, so you're saying credit cards, not necessarily bad, because when I think, you know, I've, I've been a, a slave for a little while uh, to lenders, mm-hmm. Uh, as the Bible does say, uh, in that sense, if you look at it that way, I have been a slave to that. I'd say, I think uh, naturally, I just think credit cards are bad, but I think there is a sense where we do need some credit. I think uh, a lot of people, young people, don't know that in order to eventually buy a house, buy a car, oh, yeah. you're going to need some credit. Hey, your your credit your credit score is a, a big part of your life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you do need credit, and if you're a young person, you probably want to go out and get a. A car, manage the, the, but the, the, but it needs to be managed. Yeah, that's the, the operative word. So there's a lot of like little tools that some people do. I, I did this one time when I was uh, um, a couple years into the marriage, where on my check, you know, this is back in the day when you still had a you know a checkbook and it had a register. Uh, pretty much everything is like automated now. But I remember um, a technique that my wife and I used, where if we used our credit card to let's say go to dinner. I would immediately deduct that off of my check register as if mm-hmm. I paid cash. Now, what was nice about that was uh, that money was gone in my mind, but it was still sitting in my checking account. I never had to worry about, you know, overdraft or anything like that. And then when the bill came at the end of the month, I just wrote the check for it. Mm-hmm. I, I always paid off my credit card every single month. I, I, I do that to this day. I was the uh, absolute opposite of you. I would have, I would run it up as fast as I could, and then make the minimum payments. Right, and then become, and then eat all of that interest 
which com- is compounded and you pay twice as much as what you borrowed or whatever it is. It's right. something ridiculous. And unfortunately today, a lot of uh, families are struggling yeah. and credit card uh, debt is rising because yeah, you're buy, having to yeah. use it for basics now. Yeah. And then if you're just, you know, just uh, leisurely buy now and then uh, take it in the fourth point of performance later, and that's right. what happens. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't. You know, but you can this. you can climb out of it, and and so one of the things I'm I'm discussing now is let's just say you have ten thousand dollars with a credit card debt. Okay, that's um, not bad. No, it's but let's bad. just call it that just for yeah explanation purposes. Find yourself a card that's got a better deal. Yeah, find yourself a card that uh, uh, first of all you might want to think about shredding that rascal. Okay, yeah. don't use it anymore. Um, transfer it over to a car that's got a better rate and start making those payments and start attacking that rascal yeah. and get that thing done. Now, once it's, once it's paid off, if you want to keep it, that's fine, but make it a plan that you're paying that thing off every month. One thing I love about American Express card, uh, it's not a credit card. It's a charge card. Yeah. Here's the difference. You're not allowed to run up a, a balance. When American Express sends you a bill, they want all the money, okay? Uh, you can do that with any card, though. You can turn any credit card into a charge card um, by paying the balance off every month and using it just sort of as a way to get... It, it, listen, credit card companies don't like it when you do that. I, you know, most credit card companies hate it that you pay off the balance. They don't make any money doing that. But we're not here for them. We're here for us. So if you can turn your credit card into a charge card... Take advantage of the com- competitive nature of the card business and find great deals, then do that because you really got to get rid of You got to come out of debt. And the first place you need to start is with your credit cards. That's great advice. Uh, then, and of course, you know, the things you want to look at are interest rate, annual fees, and uh, rewards and other perks that uh, these cards offer. Uh, the other thing that I did was uh, slash insurance premiums. So, uh, you need to shop around. You need to look at your auto insurance. You need to look at your homeowner's insurance. And you need to understand uh, insurance. And you need to understand all the different things like you know, bodily injury, collision, uh, uninsured motors coverage. You need to f- figure out what it is you need, what it is you don't need. Uh, ask the questions. Uninsured motors coverage is if you, a, a total waste of money. Um. Because what you're doing is you're buying a policy for some mysterious person out there that supposedly doesn't have insurance. And if you get into a situation where you're needing to use your uninsured motorist coverage, your insurance company your insurance company represents this mysterious person, not you. Mm. You're just paying this other person's policy. Um, it's a complete waste of money. And your car is going to get fixed anyway whether that person's insured or uninsured. Okay. It doesn't really matter because you've got insurance. You don't need to buy a policy for that person. Um, wow. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. But, you, but and something else you're, uh, that I'm seeing here is uh, a lot of these different policies overlap. Yeah. And then if you can redundancy. Have, yeah. If you can just maybe have one, right. It would cover everything. I'm as, as much you as need possible. To, you need to look at that and you need to not be overinsured. Um, yeah. You know, I've run into people that, you know, well, you know, they got a life insurance policy for their baby. Okay. 
That's the biggest waste of money there is, um, is getting a life insurance policy for a baby. It's not an investment. You know, you need to look at life insurance as a, a gamble, okay? You're betting you're going to die tomorrow. But you invest as if you're going to live forever. They don't mix. Never, never, put, never mix life insurance with investments. You get, get yourself a, uh, you know, a term policy that has a certain amount. Get what you need. And if you're single, uh, do you really need life insurance? I mean, who's dependent on you? Exactly. Um, if you're like, like we are, uh, I have dependents that depend on my income. You know, I probably need life insurance. Okay, if I if I croak tomorrow, my wife and kids don't need to be, you know, saddled with that burden, that financial burden. I want to make sure that they're taken care of. Well, then get yourself some life insurance. But if you're single, man, you don't you don't need life insurance. There's nobody dependent on you. You know, um, save your money, invest it and invest as if you're going to live uh, forever. Yeah. And I, when I see this, uh, everything you're talking about, um, you're not going to have somebody breaking down your door saying, hey, we finally found you. You have all of this redundant stuff, and we need to fix this. No, there's huge money in insurance. Yeah. Um, listen, when you go and buy They'll something. They'll just let you be as dumb as you can and, and just. If you go to Walmart and you buy something, if you go to Best Buy and you buy something, one of the things that they ask you at checkout is, would you like to insure this? Yeah, oh, yeah, I never do that. And the reason why is because there's huge money in insurance. Yeah. So do not over-insure yourself. Just insure yourself for what you need. For and a, you really need to think about that. Yeah, for a uh, you know, DVD player, that's you can, bucks. You can save yourself stupid. a ton of money by getting your insurances um, corrected. Mm-hmm. Having the auto and shopping around and getting the best deal. You can save yourself a ton of money. And so that's part of you know, cutting, slashing insurance premiums and cutting your borrowing costs that we talk about. So that... That's going to get. That's going to increase your your uh, the money your take home because you're you have less going out. Remember, I told you it's got nothing to do with how much you make. It has to do with how little goes out. You have to start attacking attacking um, your bills and really looking hard at them. Yeah. The next thing uh, that I did was uh, created a, a re- created a, a retirement plan. You did this in one day with a piece no, of no, paper? No, 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 okay. no, 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 um, no. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. No, I got married and um, and started doing this. Yeah, wow. And I can, you know, it's funny because I was getting ready for the show. I was actually looking at my, um, <laughs> I still have the piece of paper that I wrote my dreams on back in 1991. And because um, I kept all this together. You know, I was serious about this. And, uh, and I've been serious ever since. And uh, it's made a huge difference in, in our life. And I've always lived better than people that made the same amount of money as me. Always have. And it's only because I made it a point to um, learn about finances and try to do the best that I could with what I had. Um, and that's, what I'm, that's kind of what our show is encouraging today is, is just sort of the economic freedom of yeah. of. Really taking the time because it's important. And if you want to be free, the first thing you have to do is figure out um, how to get out of debt. Yeah. I mean, just the idea of a retirement plan. I think, uh, I mean, when I was in my 20s and I, you know, I was in the Army, I had my ID card said 2009. And I thought, wow, that's like a lifetime away. 
So you you don't really think like, okay, and, and most guys do this too. Even as they're serving, they're on active duty. And I know the guys, they can remain nameless to protect the guilty. But they're, they're going to get out. For one guy in particular I know is going to get out in about six months, still doesn't have a plan about what he's going to do with himself. Right. I mean, because I did that. Yeah. Then you retire from the Army or whatever, and then you get out and you go, uh. So I think that's just that's just like uh, the first thing. And then, but now we're looking at, okay, uh, you're talking like 60s here. Now you're thinking retirement plan. What what age are you looking at when you're thinking of this? Well, this is, if you can start doing this at 18, um, you're a smart, you're smarter than I was. Um, but I was in my 20s and I was uh, huh. just got married. And this was part of the financial uh, plan was I needed a retirement plan. And it really wasn't because I was like you, Paul. I mean, I was like, you know, I'm not going to retire forever. Yeah. But really, the, the the main purpose of having a retirement plan has got nothing to do with having a whole bunch of money when you're old. It has to do with the taxes again. Mm. So um, if you get if you take advantage of an IRA, for instance, okay, or your company's four hundred one k, you got to remember that that's that, that you know you're now you're you've just taken a portion of your salary and you've made it where Uncle Sugar can't touch it. Um. So that's savings to you. Again, you know, why did I have nine allowances on my W-4? Well, it's because I was maxing out my wife's IRA and my IRA every year. Um, now, there's a, part, there's, there's a part to this that's very important. And um, you have to pay yourself first. So you have to realize right up front what's most important. And you are. So when you get paid, let's just say you get you know two thousand dollars in your paycheck, the first check you write is to yourself, before you pay anybody else, before your mortgage, before your utility bill, before you put gas in the car, write yourself a check. Talking about savings. Yes, okay. and it goes into your retirement check, and it becomes a habit, and it becomes important. And what percentage of this would? Ten uh, percent. Okay, I mean we've all heard that. Ten percent would be good. So, uh, you know, if you make $1,000 a paycheck, 100 bucks is going to yourself first, okay? Uh, and if you get into that 10% plan, uh, you'll be a wealthy person in no time at all. Mm-hmm. Trust me. If you, if you, every dime that you make, if you take 10% of it and you pay yourself and you put it away, you'll be a wealthy man in no time. But here's the biggest thing it does for you. It's called attitude money. Because when you got money sitting in an account – that's yours, it really gives you a good attitude. It makes you feel like you have options in life. You're not a debtor. Uh, Now you are a person that is worth something. You have a net worth, and it feels pretty good. And what else, the other thing that happens is, number one, it it reduces the amount of money that uh, Uncle Sugar can take from you, okay, because we have some fantastic... Uh, tax laws that reward savings. Okay, that re- re- you're rewarded uh, by by taking a portion of your money and, and and applying it towards your retirement. Not only is the money that you've earned tax uh, deductible, tax free, but it also compounds tax free. So that that money gets invested, and the money that it makes isn't 
even being charged taxes. You don't pay taxes until you start taking money out. That's that's where that's how you become a millionaire. That's so a problem I won't have. <laughs> it's never too late to start. Yeah, but I like the idea, and I'm getting a lot out of this because uh, something I have not been able to do every month is pay myself. It has to I be. Haven't. You have to make a commitment, and um, you may want to even draw it up as a legal document. Hmm. I mean, you need to take it that seriously. You Maybe need to say, I, have... I solemnly swear, I, you know, Paul, solemnly swear that I will pay myself 10% starting on this date forever, period. Something that we do, and I'm not sure what you think about, is in our uh, checking, it automatically drafts, um, you know, a little bit into our savings So every, every yeah. time. So I don't have to think about it. This is automatically done. I think there's uh, some value, though, in physically paying yourself. Yeah. Because I think it reminds you of what you're doing, and you, you yeah. you're take you're actively participating in your own future. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's really important. And um, turning we all we, we talked a little bit about turning expenses into legal deductions, like I did with the uh, lawn care business, like my friend did with his fishing business. Uh, whatever it is you do, try to turn it into a business. Uh, get rid of the hobbies. Uh, turn them into money making businesses because um it's again it's not what you make but if you but it's also keeping uncle sugar out of what you're making legally okay i'm not talking about doing anything here illegal you know i, I file my taxes every year and have got to think like forever. a contractor you got to start thinking like a like a wealthy person that runs a business and writing off your life mm. making your life tax deductible everything you do should be tax deductible as much as possible. Hmm. Um, the other the other part, too, is when you have money, we're talking about this attitude money, so as this money grows, because it will grow over time, um, it, it really opens up opportunities. Well, Blacksmith Publishing for Paul and I was an opportunity, right? I mean, we had an idea. But ideas take money, right, Paul? Absolutely. So you and I had to, you know, had to cough up some cash to make this thing happen. And uh, so when you have attitude money um, and when it, opportunities come, you know, you can dip in your, you know, your stash there and take advantage of opportunities that, you know, will bring you joy, happiness, and, and hopefully prosperity. Yeah. I mean, it's um, just a matter of, uh, you know, looking at all your assets. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, here's something that uh, we didn't talk about, but it's kind of a duh thing is actually having a budget. Actually writing down, this is a duh thing. Some people don't do it. We actually have a family budget. It's an Excel spreadsheet. And it's got itemized what's going on, what's you, coming in. You got to have You that. absolutely have to know what's coming in yeah. and what's going out. And um, and, and just that's, make sure that Well, that's safe. how you kind of identify your waste, right? Yeah. I mean, you've probably looked at your list and gone, you know, do we really need to spend $1,000 exactly. a month on you know, eating out in the restaurants. It forces you to be judicial on, it does. on some stuff. Like, I don't think we have some overlap. Yeah. I'm like, wow, we spent that much on that. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so that's going to really help you. Well, so so we've talked about just some really basic things here today. Um, but, again, what this does is it kind of just gets you going. It gets yeah. you started. Kind of um, a one-on-one here. You'll continue to grow. You'll continue to um, learn and uh, discover new ways. 
but it needs to become part of your lifestyle. Um, it'll reduce distress. It'll give you more freedom. Um, and it'll, it'll really change your life. Um, the other thing too, remember we talked about our goals in the very beginning. The other thing you have to do is you have to kind of, you have to revisit this. You need to bring this and then, uh, start turning those goals into, um, or let's, let's make it, turn those, those dreams into goals. Mm. Um, you need to bring those things down and you need to map out a plan for achieving those, those dreams. And uh, place them into a couple of different categories, a few categories. Career uh, goals, income goals, and education goals. And then kind of figure out how you're going to achieve those things. Because now that you're, you're starting to take control of your finances, now you need to start allocating some of your resources and time into uh, achieving those, those dreams that you had initially mm-hmm. and, and turn them into a, achievable goals. That's fantastic. And then I th- I and continue I'll, charting, yeah. you know, continue charting your course into the future. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I think it's always good to stop and kind of take stock of where you're at. I think uh, a lot of us are just like on cruise control with our with our budgets, and we just kind of you know you get in the rat race. I think this is it's a good use of time to stop and kind of look at everything, kind of put some uh, kind of map some of these things out. A lot of people haven't planned for the future; they haven't planned for retirement. They don't um, really budget for their vacations. They just get a lump of money and then they just go hog wild. I know I did. That was pretty much 20 years, you know, uh, of my military career. I did none of these things, by the way. Well, and, it's never, uh, it's never, it's never too late. And I'll be honest with you, yeah. um, you're going to backslide, and it's okay. Yeah. Um, but if you understand the importance of it, it is contagious. It starts feeling good when you have a little bit of money when you are when you are in control of your destiny. Um, I like it. it. It feels a lot better. Um, listen, you're a pastor. You've heard of the Jubilee. Um, it's in Scripture for those of you that uh, maybe or may not be familiar with it. But it's a time um, when Israel, uh, when everything was returned back to the people of Israel. No one in Israel was was supposed to be a slave. So if you got in financial straits and you had to sell a portion of your land, uh, it was returned to your family at, during the Jubilee, right, which is about every 50 years. Um, supposed to happen anyway. Supposed to happen. Yeah. Now, um, according to Josephus, and, you know, there's a lot of debates about when the Jubilee is and, and what have you, but according to Josephus, if what he wrote in Antiquities is correct, we have a Jubilee coming up in 2027. Hmm. Uh, so what a great gift that in five years from now, you know, you start taking control of your finances and you can attain your freedom like God wanted you to be for the Jubilee mm-hmm. and be debt-free. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm just going to leave our listeners with, yeah. with with that sort of, you know, it's something that five years is coming whether you, whether you want to do anything about it or not. But wouldn't it be nice if you started on a, on a course where you're, you and your family could be debt-free in time for the Jubilee. Hey, and, and uh, you know, we've got a, a, new, a brand new year coming around the corner. Absolutely. We're a couple of weeks away. What better time uh, than to, to uh, circle the wagons financially and uh, chart a, a better course forward, kind of look at what's going on. I think that's, uh, that's great advice, Mike. I got a lot out of today. Fantastic. Well, I hope, uh, hope everyone did too.
We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Pinelander Podcast. If you enjoy our unique content, please consider supporting our sponsors. Soft News, providing special operations news from around the world. It's where Paul and I go to keep abreast of what's going on within the soft community. Check them out at soft.news. Blacksmith Publishing, been serving the warrior class since 2013. They have great titles written for warriors, by warriors. If you're looking for excellent reference material or just want to unwind with a great novel, be sure to check out the bookstore located at blacksmithpublishing.com. If you're looking for some cool Pinelander apparel, head on over to the General Store located at pinelandergeneralstore.com. That's all one word, pinelandergeneralstore.com. Have a great selection of shirts, hats, jackets, sweaters, stickers, patches, artwork, and a whole lot more. Check out the store at pinelandergeneralstore.com. If you're interested in helping develop our country's next generation of warriors, uh, please consider donating to the American Agogi Project. The mission of the project is to foster an environment producing able-bodied citizen warrior men of fine character. And we'll be officially launching the project in 2023 in celebration of uh, Blacksmith Publishing's 10th anniversary. Until our next meeting, stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, and socially astute. To each other, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. May God continue to bless Pineland.